there's stuff out there you can't control, okay? So we always talk about the pandemic. We can't control that. Now inflation, we can't control that. Wars that are going on all across the globe that are affecting our economy, we can't control that. Like there's so many things coming up that we can't control. So what you can control is really important to put yourself in a good position. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rachel Cruz Show podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. Well, in this episode, we're gonna talk about all sorts of trending topics. I'm sure you have heard about the reality show on Netflix called Love is Blind. <gasps> I may or may not love it, but one of the couples had a really interesting money conversation on the show. So I'm gonna dissect it, we're gonna talk about that. And you're also gonna hear a conversation I had with Ramsey personality George Camel on sports betting. Mm-hmm. And is it worth it? But first, let's talk about inflation and lifestyle creep. All right, today we're going to talk about something that hits home for everyone. You can't avoid it. It's here. Inflation. Mm-hmm. Okay, you may have heard of lifestyle inflation, which is like lifestyle creep, which just means that if you— you know, get a bonus at work or your income grows. You basically just take your lifestyle and let it grow along with the more money that you're making. So when you get a raise or a new job and you're making more money, all of that, again, you just increase your lifestyle. So that is lifestyle inflation. Now, actual inflation is different. It is something you really can't control. But a lot of people have lived in lifestyle inflation over the years, and then you put actual inflation on top of that, and things become very pricey. So, of course, groceries, gas, just for example, it just makes everything so expensive. And that's what we're dealing with right now is actual inflation. And you're seeing it across the board. So here's some stats around what we're seeing. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the prices of meat, fish, and eggs have increased about 12.2%. Beef is up 16%. And chicken is up 10.3%. And that's all from January of 21 to January of 22. And it's not just food items. Obviously, those have all gone up because of cost of labor and transportation and ingredients, but also gas. That's where everyone's feeling it, I feel like, the most. It's terrible, you guys. It's up 50% in the last year. Electricity is up 6.3%. Rent, 3.3%. And you add all this together, and it really does add up. And no matter where you are, let me say that, no matter where you are financially, you feel it, right? Like when you're used to seeing a certain dollar amount at the gas pump and it's up literally double and you're thinking, oh my gosh. Or when you check out at the grocery store and you see now what you're paying for groceries and you're like, man, you feel it, you really do. But that's another reason though why I want you to do the stuff that we talk about on this show. I want you to get out of debt. I want you to have an emergency fund. I want you to have margin in your life. Because while no matter where you are, you're going to feel it financially, at least when you have margin, it doesn't really affect the math tremendously. You know, when you are living paycheck to paycheck, this stuff is stressful. I mean, it is so stressful when you're looking at your money and you're thinking food and groceries, stuff that I need is costing so much. But when you have the margin to really kind of take the hit, if you will, it still doesn't feel great, but at least you're not in crisis mode. And that is why... Taking control of your money, you guys, is so key because there's stuff out there you can't control, okay? So we always talk about the pandemic. We can't control that. Now inflation, we can't control that. Wars that are going on 
all across the globe that are affecting our economy. We can't control that. Like there's so many things coming up that we can't control. So what you can control is really important to put yourself in a good position. And so if you do get a raise at work or now, again, wages are higher than ever, it seems like. And so people are making more money. Don't increase your lifestyle. Take that margin now and pay off debt. Save up for an emergency fund. Actually be intentional with that don't fall into lifestyle inflation because that's stuff that you can choose where you say, yeah, we want to spend more here and there because we're making more money. No, still cut back and still sacrifice. So here are a few ways that you actually can control to avoid, if you will, lifestyle inflation. Know your values, okay? Have boundaries in your life. Know you know that you don't want to go into debt for anything no matter what. A debt-free lifestyle is a value for you. Maybe generosity is a value that you want to be giving at least 10% of your income every month, and that is a priority. Maybe you're on baby step one and you're saving up a $1,000 emergency fund, and it's like all of your extra money, anything extra is going towards that, that that's your value right now, is saving up for that emergency fund. So know your values. Next, more tactical but really important, set up automatic transfers. So this can really help you if you're getting out of debt or even saving money, do this and say, hey, automatically here, all of my debt is going to be paid, minimum payments. And then maybe manually you go in and you throw any extra money that you're getting throughout the month towards that debt. Or if you're saving up for an emergency fund and you're saying, or saving up for anything, right? to say, okay, we're gonna put X amount of money away per month, no matter what, and you're putting that in it's that automatic transfer so that you know automatically that money is going towards things that you want, your goals. Also, be mindful of what you're putting in your head, okay? So think about social media, right? How much are you just sitting there and putting in your brain what everyone else is doing all the time? I'm not mad at social media. I think it actually can be a great way to inform people and to keep up to date with friends, all of that. I'm not mad at it. But if you're sitting there and stuck in it over and over and over, day in and day out for hours on end, going down this black hole, eventually that's in your mind, you guys. Like, So maybe you're saying, okay, for a season, I'm going to just have some boundaries around that. Think about the people that you surround yourself with. Are you around people that don't support you if you're making some sacrifices with your lifestyle to get out of debt or save up for an emergency fund? Are they encouraging you? Are they cutting you down? Are they kind of making fun of you? It's amazing. I find this. Some of my friends that, you know, are just growing in life. So whether they're um, winning more financially or maybe they're working on their marriage and their marriage is stronger than ever or they're having personal growth, like these areas— When they bump up against friends that aren't growing in areas, it's like this uncomfortable thing because I've had multiple friends tell me like, yeah, we kind of get made fun of. Like, it's kind of just like jabs. It's like sarcastic and kind of joking. But think about that. Like, if that's the people you're around all the time, it's going to wear on you, okay? So you can control who you hang around with. So there are some things in that world that, again, I just want you to be thinking about because lifestyle inflation is something that we can control. We can't control normal inflation that's out there, it's going to happen, right? Gas is what it is. We can't control that. But when you're earning extra money, whether through a side hustle or, again, you get a bonus or you get a new job and you're making more money, whatever it is, still live the same life you were living and take that extra money and put it towards your future because that is something you can control. Today... I have one of my favorites. I'll wow. just say it. I'll you, say you it. You say that to all of your guests. George Campbell. No, I don't. Okay, thank you. I sometimes usually will say my friends because I usually have friends here. We're not friends, but I'm your favorite. We are friends, George. I'm both. Yes. Okay. 
Good, good, good. Side note, do you know my filter for if I can consider you a friend? What's that? If I have your cell phone number. Can, oh, I think you can say if I can share a conspiracy theory with you. Oh, that's very good. Which that we're needs, on two for two. That needs to be another episode, for right. sure, for sure. Okay, but we are here not to talk about cell phones, not to talk about conspiracy theories. Even better. But to talk about sports betting. You look like a sports fan, George. I get that a lot, Rachel. <laughs> Played a little intramural in college, thanks for asking. Did you? No. Oh. No. Not at all. Thanks for assuming I that say, I was right. Uh, what should you? No, I. If you had to play a sport, George, what would it be? I was a skateboarder, and so we saw sports as like that's that's posers, you know? Yeah. Like we're those real people. athletes, extreme sports. That's what skateboarding is. Yeah, yes, it is. Give me four wheels and a board, and I'll show you. Wow. How to do some tricks? We're okay. off to the races. So sports betting is it's a big deal. I feel like it's become a big industry. So for people that don't know what sports betting is, George, since you are so athletic and play so many sports. Here's the thing. If you know anyone who does sports betting, you don't have to be athletic. Anyone can do it. It's fair. So tell us what sports betting is. So here's what it is. It's mind-blowing. It's when someone bets money on sports. I know that's maybe an oversimplification, but that's what it is. That's but it. You can do it from your phone. You can do it on website. So it's it's become really easy. Anyone can do this. If your team wins, you can win some money. If your team loses, you lose some money. And you can also bet on more specific things that happen in the game. Yes. Who's going to score how many points? Players and all that. Yeah. Yeah. This mm-hmm. person's going to score this amount of points at least. So you can get really nuanced in your bet. Yes. And there are tons of apps out there. You've definitely seen ads everywhere for BetMGM or DraftKings or. FanDuel or Caesars Sportsbook. And the American Gaming Association, get this, predicted that 31.4 million Americans would bet about $7.6 billion just on the 2022 Super Bowl. On the Super Bowl. It's mind-blowing. $7.6 billion With a B. betting. It's pretty unbelievable. And then, here's what's crazy too, by the first quarter of 2021, sports betting had grown 270% from 2020. And at the end of the third quarter, sports gambling had become... $38.67 billion, again with a B, billion a dollar industry. Okay, so what is, like, what's crazy? Like, it's obviously shooting up in popularity. So why is that? Well, what, a big reason craze? is that it recently became legal. So here in Tennessee, mm. it became legal in May 2019, and it went into effect in 2020. And so in some states, like California and Texas, it's still not legal. Maybe it will be by the time people watch this. Wow. I don't know. Texas and California. I know. Who knew? They're aligned on something. <laughs> It's amazing. I'm kind of shocked that I know. California, it's illegal. Yeah. I kind of thought that, like, everything was legal there. Who knows? Who knew? Okay. They're, they're for a lot of you things. You tell us, California. You tell us. They don't like sports. They don't so, like sports betting. This is more mainstream than ever because of all the exposure. So okay. it's become legal, and now they're advertising all over the place, and they have celebrity spokespeople like Halle yes. Berry and Drake. So Drake's posting on Instagram going, hey, I made a ton of money on sports betting because he needs the money, doesn't he? And so it's becoming even more popular as more and more celebrities normalize sports betting and go, hey, I'm a normal guy like you. I do sports betting. You should too. And so this is what happens. You get a high from winning. Even if it's five bucks, 10 bucks, you get a little high and then it becomes really, really addicting. And what's sad is that 2 million adults are addicted to gambling in the U.S. right now. And that's just the ones who admitted it. Yes. And I'm going to say that's going to be growing. If these numbers of sports betting are growing and at the ease of how quickly you can do it and get into it, and make a little bit of money here, lose a little bit, but man, you're just like overcompensating. That and addiction is It's hard to know when real. you have a problem. Totally, absolutely. Okay, yeah. so do people really make money? Like, what's the stats? What's the numbers behind? Do people actually make money? 
Sports well, betting. you know, just like any type of gambling, it's possible to make money, yeah. but people is a little bit too vague for me. I'm going <laughs> to say a very, 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 very small percentage of people are actually making any money. And even the ones that are making money are not making a significant amount of money. And the level of anxiety that it's creating as you stare at your phone and hoping that your bet's going to win, that is just not yeah. something I want people dealing with. So the odds are not stacked in your favor. These bookies, right, these are the gambling facilitators who figure out all of the odds they are really smart, much smarter than you. You think you've done a lot of research, they've done 10 times the research you have, yeah. and so they rarely lose. That's what it comes down to. The house always wins in this case. So you can spend all the time you want researching, they're still gonna beat you. And keep in mind, if you participate, the sports betting companies are making big money off of you. You are the product in this situation. So, bottom line, George Camel, will you be sports Will betting? I do it? Listen, <laughs> if it helps people out there to not do it, I'm gonna tell you this. I don't do sports betting. But if you're into it, I'm not do mad it, at George, you. Do, Just do, like crypto, I'm not against people putting some money in crypto and having some fun with this, but don't play the game if you can't afford to lose. And most people, sadly, who participate in sports betting, they can't afford it. They've got student loans, they've got car payments, yeah. they have such little margin in their life, and then with the last $10 they have, they're using it to hope they can double their money. Yep. That's not a good situation. Okay, so... Listen, guys, again, we're not like these— we, We're, we're great, not curmudgeons who are just anti-fun. We anti -fun. are extremists in some things, okay? But in this world of, like, gambling and whatever, right, just like he said, again, if you are in the place where financially you're okay, you're out of debt, you have an emergency fund, you're funding your Roth IRA, like, you're doing the things you should be doing, and you have some leftover money, and instead of going to Target and spending it on clothes, you're like, hey— I'm going to, you know, I don't know, invest in crypto, like you said, or maybe just do a little bit of gambling, okay? So you like, watch the big game with the boys and put some money on it's it. It's reasonable, reasonable here. And I'll tell you, some of the most Is this fun, confession time? The I most feel fun it. I have had. Sports betting, I don't get. Let me just say that first and foremost. I don't understand it because I'm like, you're putting money in something you have no control over. Like you're, and you don't get to play it because at least in Vegas— I knew where Which this was going. We've both been to Vegas. It was pretty fun. It can be fun. It can be fun. Okay, what happened with you in Vegas? you're actually playing the games. Like, even if it's a slot machine and you're just pulling a lever, you're actually, like, engaging it, right? There's craps, a physical though. piece. Craps, though. Craps. That's your game. That is my game. I had an envelope. I took an envelope of cash, and I said, whatever money I win, I'm putting in the separate envelope. And I don't touch the separate envelope. Oh, that's smart. And when this money runs out, I was going to spend it all, okay? So I'm just like, I'm gonna. this is the money I can burn, whatever. So I spent it all, and then I went and counted the envelope of all my winnings, and I walked away with more money wow. than what I came. So, anyway, Good for you. Okay. I don't know if that's so there a testament, you go. but so hey. So what Rachel said is go to Vegas instead of sports betting. At I, least have I, fun I doing it's it. It's more fun, I, agree. I think. I don't know. I'm with you. So but there, there are similarities traveling. to other types of investments in gambling, like Bitcoin. Right? Yes. We hear about this a lot, cryptocurrency. This is not something you should be investing a lot of money into. I'm okay with you having some fun here and using your fun money on this, but I don't want you to spend more yes. than you can afford to lose. And that's what you're saying. You went to Vegas with an envelope and a budget and said, I'm going to have some fun, just like if you were going to the movies or yep. on a vacation. Yep. And once the money's gone, it's gone. That's right. It's called responsibility, you guys. That's right. We can do this. Okay, so what would you tell somebody after all of this? And they're like, all right, I am thinking about sports betting. Okay. Well, I'm not mad. We can still be friends. I'll watch the game with you as long as there's buffalo chicken dip there. Mm. I enjoy that. Publix so, has great buffalo chicken dip. I didn't dip know that. From the deli. Fantastic. Not sponsored, but 
good to know. It's fantastic. Okay, yep. so if you've heard all of this and you still want to get in on online sports betting and get into one of these apps, remember these three things. Number one, like Rachel mentioned, you've got to be out of debt, have an emergency fund, and be investing 15% into retirement first and foremost. Second, never go into debt to place a bet. That is a yeah. dangerous, no, dangerous don't move. Don't ever do that, yep. And lastly, like Rachel mentioned, budget for the bet. Just like you would budget for a night out or a vacation or anything else you spend some fun money on, budget for it. That's what it comes down to. That's it. I think it sounds great. We should we should do it for fun and see who wins. We should go. Because we have no clue We about should sports. do a live event in Vegas. I like where this is going. And George and I will compete on who oh, no, is no, no, best no. at craps. Oh, no, 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 you're going to beat me. I can't do craps. There's too many things what? going on. No, six and eight, George. Just remember, six and eight. Six you know and eight. I'll All just right. stand next to you and cheer you on. Just, How about that? You just that? keep saying six and eight. You just keep saying six and I'll eight. I'll go for the That's free drinks. Do. All you do. Here we go. <laughs> All right, George, thanks again so much for coming out. So where can people oh, find you? Because you're a bundle of fun with sports betting. Wow. So they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna want more of you, George. Okay, you can, can, you can hang out you? and follow me at George Camel. And as always, you can listen to the Fine Print Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you know anything about me, there's a couple things in life that I'm really passionate about and I really just have a heart for. And one of those is reality TV. Mm-hmm. Give me The Bachelor. Give me The Real Housewives. Give me some good reality TV. And it just it makes my heart glad. And a show came out, uh, I guess it was last year, and I binged it. And then season two of that show came out recently. And me, like many of you, binged it. And that is Love is Blind. <sighs> It's so good. Okay, for those of you that have not seen the show, they take guys on one side of these pods, things like these rooms, and then girls on the other side, and they put one guy and one girl in these pods, but they can't see each other because there's a big wall in the middle, but they can hear, and they get to know them over like a certain number of days, and they never see them. And then if they fall in love just because of the connection— then they propose, mm-hmm, the guy proposes, and if they propose, then they see each other, and they go off to Mexico <laughs> for a couple of days, figure out if the chemistry's there, all of it, and then they go to Chicago, and they move them into an apartment for a few days as they plan their wedding, and then they go to the altar to get married, and either they say, yes, love is blind, I'm in love with you, and they get married, like two people did this season, two couples, or they say, heck no, I'm out of here. Whatever it is, it's dramatic, and it is so good. And here's the best part. I was binging it. And one of the couples, who's actually one of my favorite couples this season, Natalie and Shane, started talking money. And I thought, oh, this is so good. So I want to just have a little reaction clip of this scene. We pulled it up. My team, we got the clip. And it is so good. So we're going to talk through it. So here is the clip of Natalie and Shane when they're in Chicago, okay? So they've already gone through the pods. They've gotten engaged. They've gone to Mexico. Now they're back in quote-unquote reality. And they're starting to figure out life together before they get married or don't get married. And here's the conversation they had in their apartment in Chicago. I feel like we definitely need a two-bedroom, but I think we should think about buying for first place. Only because, like, I'm, like, prepared for it financially, so... I mean, yeah, but I need to sit down and, like, look at our finances, though, because I don't do that at all, really, which is kind of probably not smart. Pause. (sighs) Yeah. Shane, (laughs) he doesn't look at it. So right away, which we knew from Natalie and Shane through the season, 
opposites attract, okay? So Natalie, you can tell, she's very prepared. She knows what's going on. She's very thoughtful, very insightful. So of course Natalie knows what's going on with her money. Shane, yeah, says he doesn't look at his money at all, which is a lot of people. And they continue the conversation and you could continue to see their opposites. So we'll keep going. I mean, do you spend a lot on going out and like clothes or things like that? Where I spend my money is on food. Oh my God, it over probably $2,000. A month? Okay, Shane, we like can't do that anymore. We need to be like really aligned on like numbers and like what are our financial milestones and like how much do we want in our 401k? I don't really uh, believe in 401ks. <laughs> what? What do you mean you don't believe in it? I take risks a lot with that kind of stuff. So I guess that's where we are a little different. Like I take like like taking risks. We can't just live a normal life where we just buy a house and put money in our <laughs> 401ks. God bless. God bless Shane. We just can't live a normal life. Quote number one, and just buy a house. And put money in our 401k. And number two, he said he doesn't believe in a 401k. God bless. Okay, and here's the deal, you guys. That happens a lot. But here's the great thing. They were talking about money before. And what you have to realize is that's you with your significant other, and you really are these polar opposites. You know, how do you see the good in it? Because with Shane, I'm like, yeah, there is a time and a place to take a risk and say, hey, yeah, you know, we're young. We can we can kind of absorb that risk. And if it doesn't go great for us, it's going to be okay. That can't be your whole life, though. Like, you can't take a risk 100% of the time because you're probably going to get to, like, age 60 and not have much money if you're spending that much on food and not making— <laughs> I don't know how much she makes, but all of it. I'm like, no, 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 Shane. You have to believe 401ks are real. They they are real, and they give you stability, which you could see Natalie was wanting, wanting stability and predictability. But also, she could have a little bit of risk. So that give and take is so true, but oh, God bless. God bless Shane. Shane, <laughs> I don't believe in 401ks. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, man, it's too good, y'all, too good. So... Remember, it can work. You really can be very opposite and work together with your money. It is possible. It is. But you're going to have to learn from each other. And there's a basis about being responsible, you guys, out in the world, okay? Fund your 401k. And once you guys out of debt, have an emergency fund and do it because it's going to work every single time. It is. The market will do this, but it's going to work. Okay, then once you're doing that, then you can have an element, you know, a small percentage of your net worth or your income that you go and do take risks. So you can scratch that itch. It's not bad. You can go and do that. But making sure you're doing the things that are going to make you wealthy over time. Because that's the key, right? Changing your family tree and becoming wealthy, not just for yourself and to gather stuff for you, but to bless and help other people. So to get from point A to point B, the fastest way there really is a house, (laughs) paying off a mortgage, and your 401k. Literally the two things that make we would say baby steps millionaires. Really, those are the two things that help people become millionaires today. So, Shane, if you want to become a millionaire, I suggest you uh, fund your 401k and buy a house eventually. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. Hope you enjoyed a little Love is Blind. I mean, this is the world. This is, this is it. We're in it. And if you don't watch the show, you should because it's pretty fantastic. And if you hate it, don't judge me. Such a good segment and so heartbreaking all at the same time, you know? (laughs) Just happens. 
All right, you guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode. Now, one thing I'm going to start adding into these episodes because I've heard from you guys that you've missed. I used to do things like Rachel's favorite things or stuff that I'm using and loving right now, and I kind of took that out, and we've just heard from a lot of you that you want it back. So I'm kind of excited. We're going to have a little bit of a new segment at the end of each episode on one thing that I am loving and one thing that I am learning right now. So first up. The one thing that I'm loving is probably my MAC lip liner. Mm -hmm. Thank you, makeup. Sorry to all the gentlemen listening, but it is my favorite lip liner. I wear it on my show a lot. I wear it out and about. I just, I love it. It's like a beautiful color, and the color is Soar, S-O-A-R. And it just goes with everything. It's kind of nude, but then it kind of has a little bit of like, depth to it. I don't even know if lip liners have depth. I don't know. It's just a perfect color. I love it. Love it. So thank you, Mac, for making a great color. That's one thing I'm loving. And one thing that I'm learning, I am learning more and more on how to cook, you guys. Different cooking techniques, new recipes. I know it's a little broad, but the one thing I thought, okay, what, Rachel, right now in this moment in life, what are you learning? And it is. It's it's stuff around cooking. And it's not my natural bent to absolutely love cooking. And I still don't know if I would say it's like my favorite thing in the world, but it might be my Enneagram 3. I don't know what it is. But after a full meal is made, I'm like, I did this. And then when it tastes good, it's even that much better. So one person I am following, if you have not followed her, she's really great, is Half Baked Harvest on Instagram. And she has these great videos because she actually will go through the recipe and show you. All her stuff is just really delicious. So she's kind of reignited my my love for cooking. It's not really a love. I don't know what I would call it. My desire, that's it. My desire to cook more. <laughs> she's helped with that. So that is one thing that I am learning. Well, this episode was so fun. I love talking about trending topics and all of it. And I want to thank George Camel for being a guest on the show and talking about sports betting. Always fun conversation with him. And thank you guys again for listening. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to hit that follow button. And if the spirit leads, you can leave a review. As always, make sure to take control of your money and create a life you love.